0: scriptures are real podcast this is the podcast where we talk about elements of the scriptures that have become real to us because we believe that helps us draw more power out of the scriptures and we need all the power we can get from those divine instruments I'm your host Kerry Mielstein, and this is a special feature that we're doing as we study Isaiah I'm really dedicated towards helping everyone not only learn to understand Isaiah but I hope learn to love Isaiah that's the name of my my commentary is uh, learning to love Isaiah Uh, but I just really hope everyone will learn to love Isaiah. And as one of the things that we're doing to help you with that is I've taken little videos that I've made for my classes. Uh, So when I teach the Isaiah class, there's more than we can cover, even though we're sometimes just covering two chapters a day, that we can only still do about maybe 30% of what I'd like to do. So I take at least one topic, and most days of class, I have a little video that the students are supposed to watch. Uh, that explains some things for them uh, that they we just won't have time to do in class. And I've decided to make those into a feature uh, for everyone on my podcast. So this introduction will be at the front of each one of those. And then what you're going to have is the opportunity to watch or listen to. And, and sometimes I will make reference to pictures because uh, when I made this, I wasn't making it for a podcast. And so I didn't have just audio listeners in mind. So I apologize for that. But uh, I'll have both the the uh, video on YouTube and I'll have the audio on uh, my typical podcast, and I think you'll be all right without the pictures uh, 99% of the time, uh, but uh, you'll just get what my students uh, get and I'll sometimes say we're going to talk about this in class but We won't talk about it in class. Hopefully those elements we'll talk about in the regular podcast episodes. I'll also just say that I'm doing tons of interviews with other people on Isaiah for their podcast. Some of those will be joint podcast broadcasts, so you'll get to hear them as well. And sometimes uh, you'll just have to go to the other podcasts, but each week I'll try and make you aware of where you can go to get more to help you study Isaiah. And then, of course, the scriptures and your time pondering is the biggest place and also commentaries such as mine or uh, those by some of my colleagues. So I hope you enjoy this little uh, video or uh, audio version of what I do for my class. Okay. Okay. Uh, we're going to continue with some background information for you. Uh, Isaiah's life is not taking forth, uh, taking place before the fall of Babylon um, or even uh, the fall of Assyria, but he will refer to those events. Um, and certainly there will be people who will see a lot of his prophecies as being fulfilled in those time periods. And so I think it's, it's useful for us to understand a little bit of the history uh, of what is about to happen uh, just after Isaiah's day um, because we'll talk about it in class and and it helps uh, to understand how these countries will be referred to. So we're gonna talk about Babylon and Persia just briefly. So you'll remember this is about the Assyrian Empire. You've watched a video on the Assyrian Empire and its rise and the fall of the uh, Kingdom of Israel and so on. So we have this huge Assyrian Empire um, Assyria is in what is known as Mesopotamia, Meso meaning between, and Potamia meaning rivers. It's between the Tigris and the Euphrates rivers. These are two huge flooding rivers that create in in what would otherwise be a desert, um, uh, large groups of valleys and areas that are very, very fertile because in between those two rivers, you get a lot of uh, flooded area that's very arable. So you'll note that all earliest civilizations are really around flooding rivers, whether that be the Nile in Egypt, Mesopotamia, and in India, the Indus River, or the rivers in China. That's where our, our earliest large civilizations take place around flooding rivers. So in Mesopotamia, you have a couple of areas that are really big um, and powerful that keep taking over all the other areas around them. And the, and the two that do that the most are Babylon, centered here. Both of these are in modern day Iraq, by the way and Assur, which will become Assyria, settled here. So uh, you'll get this Babylonian city-state that creates a Babylonian empire, and then they're taken over by the people from Assur, and they become the Assyrian empire, and then Babylon again, and then Assyria again. So as our story starts in Isaiah's day, it's the largest empire ever created up to that point. Um, The Assyrians are, are growing larger at the time and becoming more and more powerful, but they are the big bad boys in the neighborhood. Now, Babylon, which is an older city, and they feel like they're the ones who should be in charge of everyone, uh, and they're a very prestigious, culturally prestigious city. They are always trying to take over Assyria, but at this point, Assyria controls them. They have had times, as we've said, where Babylon does take over and and they go back and forth. So they are, during much of the Assyrian Empire, trying to throw off the Assyrians and and, uh, take them over. Uh, without very much success, but they eventually um, come up with a good idea. So they will ally themselves with the Medes and Persians. Uh, the Medes and Persians are in. Whoops. Uh, the Medes and Persians are in this area. So you can see here, you've got uh, the Asur here, Babylon here, right? So you've got Mesopotamia. Then you have the Zagros Mountains right here. And they form a natural barrier, so that that the uh, Assyrian and Babylonian empires had never really been able to get over to the other side of the Zagros Mountains and control these areas. This so this is modern-day Iraq. This is modern-day Iran, and um, the main people over on this side are the the Medians and the the Persians, right? The, the Parsi and they speak Farsi and Persia. It's all from the same, uh, phrase. Uh, and there you see Persepolis, uh, right here. So the Medes and the Persians are groups of tribes, kind of like the 12 tribes were just groups of tribes that are loosely affiliated, sometimes warring with each other, sometimes coming together to war against other groups. Um, the Medes will war against Persians and vice versa and so on, but, but they also will ally with each other. So the Babylonians, um, convince the Medes and Persians to get their tribes to come together. They'd they'd never really fully come together. So the Persians get all their tribes to come together. The Medes get all their tribes to come together. And then together, they ally with the Babylonians. And that's how the Babylonians conquer the Assyrians. And immediately, they take over the Assyrian Empire and set up the Babylonian Empire in basically the same place and manner. Um, I'll just show you a couple pictures of the city of Babylon as we've been able to reconstruct it. Uh, a huge, uh, powerful city, uh, high-end culture. Here was a, a harp, the remains of a harp. You can see the remains of some of the, the large buildings in Babylon. Um, they had this huge gateway with this uh, amazing uh, entrance, right? Here's it's been reconstructed in museums, but this is uh, the, the gateway reconstructed, um, and, and different bricks of the gateway. Um, they had these huge griffiths uh, that they took, from the Assyrians and put in, in Babylon, they had temples and all sorts of things, just really an impressive society. And they ruled, it's not a very long lasting society. You've got um, basically uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar's father and Nebuchadnezzar and his son, it doesn't last very long. They're very large and very powerful for a while, but they don't last very long and there's a reason. Uh, so there you can see that they take over basically what the Assyrians had. Um, Not as successful in Egypt as as the Assyrians. There's a reason that they don't last very long, and that's because in throwing off Assyria, they had awakened a sleeping giant. The Persians, once they came together as a group of tribes, realized how powerful they were. They were especially good with horses. You can see uh, the Zagros Mountains in the background there, but it it creates in this steppe land, kind of as you're coming down from the, the mountains these uh, great plains that are wonderful for grazing and and they're particularly good with horses um and they end up with a leader named Cyrus who is very charismatic and very powerful and is able to truly unite the tribes behind him so that they become more united and more efficient than ever before um this is something they figured out the Babylonians taught them they could do and thus they become powerful enough that they um will throw or, or really conquer the, the Medes and then the Medes are, are subsumed in them and then they go against um, Babylon. Um, and so here you can see again, they, they come from this area and uh, with the Medes and the Persians and they they cross the Zagros River or, or mountains and the Tigris River and, and come and sack Babylon. No one thought that they, that city could be destroyed, but they completely destroy and sack the city and then they take over the, not only the Babylonian empire, but because they're on both sides of the Zagros, um, they'll start to march against the Lydians up here. So they'll take over modern day Turkey and even a bit of modern day Greece. And there are a lot of famous battles between the, the Persians and the Greeks, the Battle of Marathon and all sorts of, of battles, right? So they create what was the largest empire up to that point. Um, and in some ways, this is a breaking point in history. This is kind of the last Near Eastern Empire and the first Classical Empire. And Rome will take over some of that area from them. But Rome will always want to conquer all of Persia and never will succeed. Um, they, they just can't get back over the Zagros Mountains. Uh, and so the, the eastern half of the Persian Empire main, uh, goes on even when the western half has fallen to um, to rome in any case uh, cyrus will let the jews back and uh, you know because the babylonians had brought them into judah um and and they'll go back and so on now all of this is later history um but isaiah will talk about it he'll talk about babylon he'll talk about cyrus he'll name cyrus by name and talk about the persians and so on and so i thought it would be useful for you to be able to know what, uh, what kind of what we're talking about as we look into the, these chapters that are the woe, uh, the oracle to Babylon. When Isaiah issues these uh, oracles, Babylon is still subject to Assyria, but they're getting close to throwing them off. And so it's, it's kind of worth just thinking about all of that. All right, see you in class.